Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. It's great to see you. It's good to be together again, Anna. Yes, it is. In our last conversation, we discussed the broad brushstroke of the health paradigms that have evolved in our culture and influenced our beliefs and conditioning regarding what it is to be healthy and how to partner with our health providers. Yes, and we also noted that for some, there are blind spots when it comes to self-responsibility. Or in other cases, there may be socioeconomic barriers. And also, in other cases, there's a lack of availability of healthcare information or healthcare services. We also framed our discussion as whole person, multidimensional health, and ended with a proposition to begin to turn toward ourselves and inquire about our personal perceptions about the various components of health. And are we experiencing any desire to improve? Are there, are there areas in our life that call us to improve or change? And are we ready to make a healing intention which moves us closer to action? And then the last piece was, and where do we start? And writing a mission statement included what we want, what we need to do, and who is it for? This really began to nail it down for me, my wants, my needs. So where to now? Well, this is where wellness comes in. Aren't health and wellness the same? Well, Anna, you're right. Very often the terms are used interchangeably. However, if we take a closer look, there are really some helpful differences that will support our inquiry regarding what we want and how to get it. Because the concept health is often used as a state or a condition in which we find ourselves, or it could be a state or condition that we're seeking. So that includes, as we've said before, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, you know, really our, our sense of well-being, not just the absence of disease. And the other piece that's important, you know, is that we don't always choose what state or condition our health is in currently. Of course, some people develop various health-related issues kind of out of the blue. There's diabetes, coronary heart disease, not necessarily because they were living unhealthy. Well, that's right. That's right. For instance, I have a chronic lung condition. You know, I, I didn't choose it. However, I do make conscious choices to activate decisions toward wellness. You know, so wellness is really the proactive, preventive attitudes that play out in our action plans and our practices. Um, it's about creating a healthy lifestyle. It's about really improving and enhancing the quality of life and our well-being. So wellness is really that proactive pursuit associated with our intentions for action, the plans, the choices, you know, anything that we do actively that moves us toward optimal health. So wellness really is about thriving, no matter what our current health issues might be, you know, so we can maintain and improve our health, mind, body, and spirit. And wellness relies on individual responsibility through the conscious choices that are integrated into our daily lives. So wellness is the actual collection of all we do for our physical, mental, emotional relation health that steers us towards truly being the best version of ourselves. That's right. And wellness has many facets contributing 
to the dynamic process that facilitates the change and, and growth that actualizes our best and highest selves. You know, and in this process, we enhance our overall well-being and the quality of life. It's very subjective. It's based on individual perception of health, you know, the level of functioning in many of the dimensions that we've talked about, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. We started the process in our last conversation by turning toward ourselves and asking if we have the desire to improve and are you ready, then we can get the ball rolling. Well, that's right. We also suggested that the various dimensions were um, inventoried. You know, we take a look at them and, and rank them on a scale of one to 10, one being unhealthy, 10 being very healthy, you know, and this, this ranking, this inventory that we took, you know, kind of a questionnaire for ourselves really isn't intended to be superficial. You know, it's a sacred inquiry that must be done with awareness and the utmost sincerity because only then are we able to move through the denial and the excuses and the justifications. Sometimes we move through the, the guilt and the shame and certainly the blind spots, you know, because it's asking the best and highest part of ourselves to show us the truth. The phrase that I often use during this uh, um, time is in, of inquiry is, I'm ready, show me. It makes perfect sense that we would need to do some real soul searching and access where we are currently so we know where to go. Well, that's right. So, of course, we have to start with a present moment reality, you know, no matter how painful. And it can truly be painful, you know, to face into our own personal neglect. You know, how could I have let this happen is very often the question. How could I have allowed this to go on so long? Yet without embracing this truth, we're unable to maintain that forward momentum that's absolutely necessary for a change process. When does motivation enter in this journey? Well, that's a good question, Anna, because sometimes motivation really is present for us at the front gate, you know, and it can energize our determination to do the right thing, you know, but sometimes it's not available to us or, or sometimes it shows up in fear when we're in a health crisis or we've received a particularly difficult diagnosis, you know, or sometimes it, it just doesn't show up at all. And yet we have to act anyway, you know, or sometimes it shows up after we already start an action plan, you know, and, and it can be that, that, that buoyancy that kind of lifts us. But the thing that I find fascinating about motivation and commitment, but mostly commitment to do the right thing, is that it's really about being uh, guided and empowered. And we're guided and empowered to do the right thing, not necessarily because it's convenient or I feel like doing it today or that I'm going to be rewarded anytime soon. You know, we do the right thing because we're, as I say, guided and empowered to live from a code of honor, integrity, and compassion. So it, it becomes this compelling force within us. And, and wellness is activated by the code, this honor code, and also by our commitment to do the right thing, to be our best and highest selves. So it encompasses the whole person and, and really wanting every aspect of us 
to be operating at optimal levels. So great when we can really feel that and be in that momentum. However, most of us are conditioned to at least to some extent, um, make our choices according to our conditioning, you know, our preferences, our sense of comfort, our sense of safety, which sometimes keeps us locked in doing the same old, same old. Let's walk through the obvious dimensions of the whole person and highlight wellness aspects to be addressed. Well, good. Let's let's do that. You know, as we proceed, you know, we've already ranked these many dimensions on a scale of one to 10. So hopefully we have kind of a, a sense of where we are. And next, what we want to do is inquire into really um, how we could begin to implement and promote wellness within whatever category we're looking at. Um, so it's, it's what do I seek? What kind of health and, and um, well-being feels like it would be a reasonable target for me, a reasonable goal for me? And I always prefer to start with the physical dimension because there are certain givens within this dimension that affect every other dimension. So namely, I'm talking about our eating habits, whether or not we smoke, um, our activity level, whether or not we exercise, drinking alcohol, using recreational drugs, sleep hygiene, all of this impacts us. And potentially lends itself to the condition that we've talked about in the past, being hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. We've talked about HALT. And this is really important to know that it's through the practices on a daily basis that we find ourselves that really lead us to this hungry, angry, lonely, or tired dimension. So the level and frequency of our wellness practices Um, are invested in how and what goes on within this dimension and how much awareness and control we have in other categories depends on this physical dimension. So it's our thought patterns, our reactivity, interpersonal reactions, our self-esteem, overall stress, all have to do with how we are operating on a physical level what we're doing to contribute to health or not. That's extremely impactful. Well, yes. You know, not to the exclusion of the other dimensions. I want to say that right off the bat. But clearly, but the reason that we start with the physical dimension is because if the operating system, that's me, the physical, you know, organism, um, isn't being maintained, it's going to be difficult to know what exactly is contributing to the malfunction within the other dimensions. For example, if we're regularly altering our consciousness, you know, with substances, whether it be alcohol, drugs, or sugar and simple carbohydrates, you know, it's going to be impossible to to sort out what are the distortions in thinking, where are they coming from, and really to gain any kind of control over our emotional reactivity. Dr. Jane, this sounds like an essential focus. You know, what do we need to initiate wellness? Well, this is the physical dimension that I regularly suggest that we seek support. And very often, 
that support needs to begin with guidance from our healthcare professionals. Because even though I want to change up things in this physical dimension, sometimes I need to know, are there risk factors? So having a physical examination, you know, talking to our healthcare professionals, kind of getting their support to proceed is the best way to begin the change process. You know, whether it's starting an exercise program or, or a weight loss program, but especially if we're dealing with issues like um, alcohol abuse or other kinds of drug issues. So we must get honest with ourselves and with our healthcare provider. That's a lot of exposure some, for some people. You know, I can see where it would be easy to go back into hiding and, and say, not now. <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. And we have to keep our desire for wellness and the goal of health really as a focus of our priority. You know, it boils down to what lengths are we willing to go to to be healthy and whole? And often the initial strategy is not just the focus on wellness, but it's also about how do I stay awake and aware as to why the wellness is such an imperative? Why, it's so, why is it important? And why is it important that I continue to act now? But this is the only way that we can make the conscious choices that are absolutely necessary to activate and maintain the health and wellness initiative that we're committed to. What are some suggestions to stay awake and aware? Well, writing things down is always helpful. You know, writing down, you know, um, what am I looking to change? You know, why is it important? I need to be able to tell myself over and over again why it's important. What is my commitment to the change that I, I think is so, so important and so needed? You know, and am I willing to go to any lengths to make it happen? Or another way to say this is, you know, am I willing to follow through on my plan, my commitment, like my life depended on it? You know, and the other piece that we might want to write down and really investigate is, you know, whose support do I need to activate and maintain my plan? You know, and once we have this together, it's it, read it regularly, daily, you know, because this is a way to inoculate ourselves with how important it is, how important this commitment is. Let's highlight the other dimensions, you know, and what they might encompass. Well, the other dimensions would include the, the mental dimension. You know, this dimension usually involves how I'm experiencing stress, how I manage my emotions, um, emotions that are triggered by thought patterns, whether or not I'm ruminating, you know, am I able to move into acceptance and letting go or, or do I, you know, hang on to old grievances? You know, it's understanding our mindsets um, and how we're anchored in our conditioning, you know, old beliefs, worldviews, personal views that keep us stuck. Closely related to the, the mental dimension is what I call the, um, the intellectual dimension, you know, and this encompasses, I think, you know, our creative abilities, um, whether or not we're allowing ourselves to have mentally stimulating activities, you know, or do we allow ourselves to fall into boredom, you know, because boredom very often leads to other negative kinds of, of behaviors. You know, what are my problem solving skills? You know, and, and do I hold a confidence for how I problem solve, you know, how I get along in life, you know, my abilities in navigating the many different dimensions of life. And then we have the emotional dimension. And 
This usually involves, you know, how I accept or reject my feelings, um, my outlook on myself and others. Very often it has everything to do with self-esteem and how I engage with others, my connection with others. My social health very often comes from this emotional dimension. You know, and it's also about the level and control of our reactivity. You know, what's happening to me, how I get triggered, what I do when I'm triggered. And then there's the spiritual dimension. And the spiritual dimension tends to be our very individual sense of our inner world, the view that we have, the values that we have that provide uh, purpose and meaning in our daily lives. The aspects, you know, of, of spiritual or spirituality, you know, really are about, you know, where I find fulfillment, you know, and there are multiple sources. It might be loving relationships or the work that I do, or it could be nature or music. And also it has everything to do with, you know, our beliefs and the spiritual and religious community that we seek and find ourselves in. So these tend to be the mainstays. But very often in wellness planning, we often see dimensions like occupational dimension, um, uh, environmental aspects, um, also the financial components of our lives very often are part of wellness planning. So when we think about occupational, we're really highlighting our personal satisfaction, you know, what we derive from our work, you know, how dedicated are we, how much fulfillment and meaning and purpose does it give me? And we talk about environmental, you know, wellness. We're talking about whether or not I'm experiencing harmony within the spaces that I live and work. Also, it could include nature, my access to, to fresh air, also my awareness and my needs to conserve energy and, and also recycle. And then finally, financial would include um financial stability, you know, how I see money, how I operate with money, my relationship with money, the stability of my finances, both currently and also in the future. You know, it was also about, you know, being related and how I relate to, you know, my need to budget, stay within that, savings, also just kind of the broad brushstroke of enjoying the fruits of my labor. And within, within each of these, we've asked the questions, you know, is this dimension in my life healthy or unhealthy? In those one through 10, you know, questions we were asking ourselves and proceed with the follow-up question. What could I do to promote wellness? Which is like saying, if the best version of ourselves was driving the bus of this dimension, what choice would we be making? That's, that's it. That's exactly it, Anna. And this comes down to conscious choice. Again, conscious choice can be, um, they can be small steps or conscious choice can also sometimes be life altering changes. You know, the key is that it's generated. The choices are generated from the best and highest part of ourselves on the course of doing the right thing in every dimension of our lives, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, could also be social, occupational, financial, environmental, all of it. The trifecta, as we say, right? Yes. <laughs> next, next right thing, conscious choice, best and highest self. We keep coming back to these essential pieces that are the heart and soul of living fully. This is such vital information. 
Thank you, Dr. Jane. Thank you, Anna. Until our next conversation. <laughs>